We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Linux fans, how you doing? It's your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, there are so many things that we have to be happy about today as we're recording this on uh, Sunday early afternoon. Nothing, though, makes me happier than the fact that I now get to share a weekly podcast with uh is it is living legend an appropriate term uh minor celebrity uh inspiration for uh you know young young men everywhere looking to to get their get their get their game on uh jeremy cohen how you feeling since you've been thrust into the spotlight uh are you the same jeremy cohen or should i start addressing you as like something else you have like a cool nickname now uh, J Dog, how you can refer to me moving forward. It's my alter ego, of course. Yeah, actually, since then, I got uh, since it happened, I was actually signed by CAA and now they rep me. So, uh, that's my they rep podcasters, agent. they do, they do <laughs> indeed. Well, <laughs> look no further than right here. So, they go. they liked what they saw and uh, they decided to do something about it. Does uh, everybody know what they saw, Jeremy? I, I was about to say, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, I mean, first, get out from under the rock you're living in, if you don't know. That's just, that's a shame. But uh, Jeremy made it onto the... Well, actually, no, I don't know this. Were you on the Jumbotron? Because we got this clip of you dancing, you know, to some uh, some really good house music. There it oh, is. no, again. Oh, I get to watch it play by play. Yes, I was on the Jumbotron. Okay. So it wasn't just and, the and MSG just what, feed. It wasn't. No, the MSG yeah. feed that you saw in playback is what that's what's on the Jumbotron. Um, so that was the case. Also, to clear up any confusion, that was a Jalen Brunson jersey. Love Frank Nielakina. Thank you for your time here, sir. Uh, it's that's it's a Nike jersey. It was before the Knicks, you know, shifted over to Nike when Adidas was Frank. So yeah, you know, it was a camera guy came up. This was a a last second kind of splurge. I was like, you know what? Let's let's go get good seats to a really shitty game. And it turned out to not be that. It was <laughs> very stressful. I thought it was going to be super easy, and it was not. And camera man comes over at halftime and is like, yeah, yeah, come on, you're gonna be on the jumbotron. I'm like, 
All right. My dude had already gotten uh, a peak before then. Also, fun fact for anyone moving forward, if they feel the urge to be on the Jumbotron, which is not one that I had when I bought the tickets, but uh, like Section 2 is a great place to go if you want to have your 15 minutes or seconds of fame. Well, I guess for me now, this is minutes, so I'll take it. But camera person comes over, cameraman comes over, and uh, we're waiting. And all of a sudden, I'm about to do something and I slip on the um the what's the clappers or the the thunder sticks that they had because i slipped on the packaging and i was like i really hope i didn't just wipe out in front of them but i didn't and i just started dancing because i didn't know exactly when and like an idiot i was completely sober i just want to put that out there too because i was faded i was not i was very much sober and i just was like dancing with my eyes closed which i normally wouldn't necessarily have done in that type of situation i was like screw it and then i opened um, up my eyes and apparently it was like all right well we already did it i was like you know what? That's if that's how it lives, then that's fine. And then Benji texts me the link, dying of laughter, and Andrew's begging me to post. I'm like, yeah, that's go ahead, go forth and do it. So uh, it's hilarious that it was captured, and I'm glad it gives people joy. Uh, it gave me a great joy. Um, I wondered to myself if the cameraman knew who who you were ahead of time because like you know, people do see these these things. Apparently. Yeah, I think he saw my dance moves in another situation and it was like that guy he he just has it he's got that like you know it when you see it he's got it and that's how it started it is. yeah that's actually the, the next adaptation that they make of that movie it's just going to be me and bradley cooper so i'll be the lady gaga role and <laughs> it'll it'll be great i'll perform on snl i don't forget all the other stuff movie. happens in the movie that's really sad it'll be fantastic this is off to a scintillating start that has, of course, everything to do with the Knicks on what was actually a very, <laughs> very big week for the New York Knickerbockers, um, a week that started off with a lot of, um, use my favorite word, consternation. Uh, the Knicks lost a couple couple of games, right? They lost a couple of games in a row. It was the it was the magic game. And then the and then Just, didn't they lose the game immediately before that? Or no, am I making that no, up? No, they, they lost to the Dallas. That's right. It was the Memphis win in between the Dallas loss and the, and the, but that's why the, the Memphis game felt like a loss. If there was ever a win that felt like a loss, it was that game. Now how Memphis has played since then, maybe puts a little bit of a different uh, glean on that game. But anyway, so the Knicks were no kind Brunson. of my, what's that? Also no Brunson. No Brunson, but I think still, I know for me, I was expecting, let's, let's go back to the Dallas game. They come out of the Dallas game and they don't, perform to the standard in terms of like effort and engagement and like precision that you would expect from a Knicks team looking to get every win they could possibly get. And then you the coming out in the Memphis game where it was like, man, you would have thought at the very least they'd come and correct this. They didn't. And then to follow that up with the magic game, which again, no Jalen Brunson. So that matters. Magic, you're a good team. But the way they lost that down the stretch where they couldn't, you know, get a, a field goal for six plus minutes, things were really getting a little a little wacky um, around town in terms of the conversation around this team, in terms of certain players on the team. There's a lot of Josh Hart stuff floating around. There's some Josh, Julius Randle stuff floating around. It was just a lot of negativity, somewhat of a feeling of desperation. When are we going to make a trade? We need to make a trade ASAP, this, that, and the other thing. And it's very funny what three games can do. Now, as you just mentioned, not all of those three games were pretty. The Wizards game, which... It, by all accounts should have been a walkover was not it was a four point win that like included some tomfoolery down the stretch which I, I 
I still don't really know what to make of. And even the game before that, the Rockets game, like eventually they pulled away, but that was a really tough game. So for all of that, so in total, five games was leading up to last night, which was obviously the return for Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett. And before I, I said my piece, cause I did the post game. I want to know from you, what were your thoughts and emotions, whatever, whatever, however you were doing going into that game. And then we could talk about how we both feel today. The best way I can describe it is seeing them return. It feels like an ex that you still greatly care for and love, love but you know that you're in a better spot and you can't, you couldn't continue with how it was. So you've each moved on and you want them to be happy, but you also want to be happy. And it seems like a situation where both of you are now happy. That is a all too real, too fast type of way of looking at it. But that's honestly the best and only way that I've really been able to describe it because we have seen them grow. I mean, I was talking about this the other day. It was like, let's say Quentin Grimes gets moved there would not be a first round pick that the Knicks made that was on the roster for more than four and a half seasons since like 2000 at the very least. And then RJ Barrett was the pro was the player who held that distinction of longest tenured first round pick. He was the first one to sign that contract since the, Char- the Charlie Ward curse. You've got quickly who you're thinking, Oh, well, he'll be the, the next guy to do it. Of course. And it's hard to see RJ lock in in the pregame ritual. It's like, well, we used to be able to comment on that when he was on our team or quickly skipping through the guards. Like, damn that we know that feeling all too well. And so it's great to be able to see them. But also the, the most important thing to me was that the Knicks win. And they did just that. They pulled away in the second half. So it was lovely to see them. I'm glad that they made their return. It was a great reaction. It seemed like quick was going to start crying. And I know it meant a lot to RJ as well, but that's now over with and their competitors just like everyone else and every other team that isn't in New York, specifically in Manhattan. So I'm thrilled for them, but also even happier that they lost. <laughs> That's very well put. Uh, and uh, your analogy to like the, the X that you see and you still care for reminded me of a, another uh, old kind of tortured romance film uh, the way we were if you, anybody who hasn't seen it you should go see it it's great great Barbara Streisand uh, Robert Redford um, flick which ends with like they see each other and, wait, wait, wait 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 that one, that one I haven't seen that one so we, we can we can oh okay so I won't spoil that for you me. yeah there haven't I, been multiple remakes like a star is born so let, we'll- let me just say that the end of that one uh, it, it it's similar. It, what you just said reminded me of it. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Um, back to <laughs> back to basketball. Um, I completely agree that the most important thing for me, like going into the game, was like come out with the win. Um, that being said, I think it was with 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 the caveat that we don't know for sure Isaiah Hartenstein's uh, injury status. For anybody who doesn't know, Isaiah, I guess, twisted his ankle in the game. He had to leave, and his status is. I don't know if it's officially day to day, but it seems like it's day to day. So we'll see what happens with that caveat. I think it was pretty much a a perfect night for, I don't want to speak for all Nick fans, but for me, because it was not only a win, but it was a win going away. I think you saw a lot of um, positive signs, saw some negative signs too, which we'll get into maybe a little bit later, but like 
all of the reasons to believe in this team. And I think even more specifically, all the reasons to believe in this team um, in terms of being capable of doing big things after the trade and because of the trade. I think you saw a lot of those positives on display. And then for quickly and RJ, I thought it was kind of a, the best of both worlds. They both got to have their moment at the garden and they like you mentioned quickly skipping like RJ had a really nice first half. Um, but you also got reminded of the reasons why they're not here. Different for each player though, for RJ, it, you, you were reminded of some of the inconsistencies and like it was, I don't know why he was guarding Jalen Brunson. Do you think he went to his coach and was like, I got this tonight? Either way, like, yeah, yeah. Putting putting Jaylen, putting RJ Barrett on the other team's best player is not quite the same as putting OG Ananobi on the other team's best player. So, like, you were reminded of some of that RJ stuff. And with quickly, not that quickly did anything wrong or had a bad game or anything, even though it was an underwhelming scoring output for him. But for me, and I'm curious how you felt about this, getting ahead of ourselves with game ball, but like seeing Jalen Brunson do what he did. And this really, this is my big takeaway from the past week. It's not only that game, but what he did against the wizards shouldn't have needed to, but he did. And then even in his first game back, the difference between when he was in the game in crunch time against the Rockets first, when the Knicks didn't have him against the magic in crunch time, it's a reminder that like, ultimately the reason Emmanuel quickly is playing in Toronto was because the Knicks had two point guards and they both deserve to start. And that's like, they should both be getting a ton of minutes as a point guard for a basketball team. And the Knicks already have theirs, and he's really good. So that was kind of my big, my big thing. Yes, it's a blessing to be able to say that. Where the Knicks used yeah. cap space to sign a player who I think is All NBA caliber right now, oh, yeah. and, and should be starting in the All Star game, and uh, a homegrown player that they traded up and then traded back for, and Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. And again, I we've talked about it at length where it's just teams don't traditionally play or pay rather both cards <laughs> two at a time uh, yeah. big salaries of 18 million dollars more and that's yeah. exactly what Emmanuel quickly deserves he deserves more he deserves even more than 18 but just from that threshold if we're looking at it and yeah I, I think it was the writing was always going to be on the wall for quick even if he had stayed here I would imagine that there would have been a sign and trade that could have helped yep. make up the salary uh, I think there's Again, as someone who's always really been big on OG Ananobi, happy he's here. Don't see a way that they could have coexisted with RJ and Randall. It just would have been difficult to have that go around. You think about, okay, well, what if it were quickly were here and RJ and picks, protected picks were sent to <laughs> Toronto instead. And then you don't have to go the, well, what point guard are the Knicks having to look for this, uh, this deadline? Because they would already have one. His name's Emmanuel Quickly. And a sore spot being the bench would be resolved because you'd have someone who was too good to be on the bench, but happened to be there because yeah. Jalen Brunson was directly ahead of him. And Dante DiVincenzo plays more off ball. And that's just simply what Tom Thibodeau likes and focuses on to start halves. So it's, it's frustrating. As long as you get to the destination, it's all about the journey then. And this journey has been a little bit rockier than I think the ideal one is, but also, what journey that the Knicks have made has never not been rocky. That's just the way life is. That's the way basketball is. It's never going to go exactly the way you want it to, but you hope yeah. to get to the end result nevertheless. So I would still love to have the opportunity to be watching Man Quickly in the Garden with OG Ananobi, but it's hard to envision a long-term future with Quickly here 
and Brunson and all these other guys and needed to be paid and getting above the first apron and the rules that change with the salary, especially the star, like all yep. these factors that just complicated it so much more. And, uh, and yet it still would have been lovely to have him here. Uh, but Brunson being all NBA and quickly not being able to thrive long-term, that's okay. I got that question a bunch. I like several different times from uh, newsletter subscribers this week. Like you're telling me there wasn't a way to do RJ and picks. And I think, like, I don't think we'll ever know whether or not the, like, like what it, like it, first of all, whether that was ever going to be possible, because if, if the Raptors felt like their OG Ananobi was their premium chip ahead of Siakam, which I think is, I think it's fair to say, like, and I, I, yeah, like you, you know, as well as I do that, that, uh, the trade for Siakam was not, it's not an overwhelming return. Let's, let's just say it's fine. Uh, it was, you know, extreme. I don't yeah. want to make it out. Like it was unfair. It was a good deal for both sides, but it was, mm-hmm. it was just, it was what it was. Um, and so if they're like, we need to get in one of these trades, a premium young player, what's the best premium young player that we can get to think of like, all right, well, what would the Knicks have needed to do by way of draft compensation to overcome that desire by Masai and the organization? And you start thinking like, like, is it multiple distant future unprotected first? And then that throws off the whole thing. So again, it's like, I don't, I don't even know if it's a point in having that conversation, but that to me, that's besides the point. And it's because it goes back to what I said before, which is like, yes, it's annoying that the Knicks are still desperate. I don't want to say desperate. It, there's a great need uh, for a, another playmaker, playmaker off the bench, a playmaker to play in place of, of Brunson if he misses games for when Brunson sits, the whole thing. But it, if in a, in a in a league, I think I would put it this way in what I just wrote about it, in a league with scant resources, like the best teams make the like they maximize the resources that they have. And I, I always will kind of wonder if the best use of resources was to keep Emmanuel quickly and Jalen Brunson on the same roster. I know there are people that will vehemently disagree with that statement. And I, I, that's why I think it's arguable one way or the other, but that's kind of at the end of the day, why I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with it. And then what OG has done is, has been pretty great too. Um, one more factor. I just want to toss in there. If sure. Yeah. On, unless there's something else on the top. No, no, let's let, before we move on. So the Knicks obviously wanted to get this deal done, but there was also a restriction in terms of how they could operate, which was that by getting OG Ananobi on December 30th and the six-month extension, so there's a rule where you can't extend a player once you acquire them for another six months. Well, if the Knicks were to get OG on December 30th, then June 30th, he could opt into a player uh, its player option and then extend off of that. Maybe he does it, maybe he doesn't. Nevertheless, why take that option off of the table if you're New York? So the Raptors could have played this out and the Knicks could have said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll go through it. It'll be fine. But there was the motivation to get this deal done when it was done. Yeah. And I'm sure the player option was a factor in that. And if it was, that's where the Raptors had some leverage, which was, well, you want this player so you can do potentially X, Y, and then Z. That's fine. It's just going to cost you. We don't want the protected picks. We want Emmanuel quickly. And if you're the Knicks and your primary focus is creating an avenue to get OG Ananobi to opt in and extend, and you want to keep that option on the table, 
that does it. You're you're kind of up in in between a rock and a hard place, and I, that's where you kind of have to deal with it. I agree. It's nice to have that option. I think for me, the urgency was more about it twofold. One, they had seen their defense fall to being the worst defense in the league over the previous month. And I think there was some urgency there to get somebody that could come and, and help that, like not in a month and a half, but like right away. And also like as in the aftermath of the Siakam trade, there's all kinds of reports that have come out about how perhaps uh, Siakam, not perhaps, but it seems like Siakam was not perhaps maybe the Pacers first choice of players to get from the Raptors. And like they have two big time players on their roster in terms of recent draft picks between Matherin and then the the Walker kid. I mean, we don't, we don't know who he's going to be yet, but he was a high draft pick. So like the Knicks were the Knicks were not competing against themselves here. They were competing against other teams who were willing to offer potentially real stuff to get Ananobi on the roster. So I, I think, you know, when you all of that stuff factored together, there was a lot of reasons why the deal got done and the way it got done. And Yeah, I just don't know if the timing of the game's was that consequential? Like, maybe not. Because in not. theory, in theory, right? Like they could have done it the next game, right? Like let's say they lose the Pacers. Like that's yeah, fair. That's like, true. They could have done it that way too. But it that hard deadline, knowing, hey, we we've got potential yeah. big plans this summer. What's the best way that we can try to fit those plans? Now let's work backwards. What do we need? What do we yeah. want? What are what? Are, how can we achieve that goal? They went up right into the deadline. I mean, we talk also about Fred Katz talks like teams don't normally do anything until. There's a deadline because yep. why would they? That was a deadline. It was a mini deadline, but it was a deadline nonetheless. And then the Siakam portion, I think, was just we have to we have to do this. We've already started stripping down the roster. It makes no sense to wait until February if we can get the best package we can get right now. And it seemed like the Kings backed off, so it was really the Pacers' opportunity to lose. And so I think what you're saying was more applicable to the Siakam situation than it might have been to the OG situation. That's true. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of the Raptors, uh, there's a player on their roster who may also be on the move soon. We'll get to that, uh, him, in a bit. We're going to go through some headlines, uh, but we're going to start with uh, a player you mentioned a moment ago, Quentin Grimes, who, crazy to say, if he does get moved, there won't be a single first-round pick 
drafted by the Knicks on this roster, which is which is wild. But anyway, so headline, the Knicks are actively fielding offers for Quentin Grimes, according to rival executives who have been in contact with New York's front office. That is per Fred Katz. Um, why don't we just, there's four headlines here, so we'll just kind of go, you know, rapid fire off of each one. To me, it makes sense that they are fielding offers for Grimes from this perspective. Um, if they do feel that there is a need for more playmaking on the roster, uh, of like he is the piece that makes the most sense. It makes the most sense to use him as the primary piece because if you keep him, there's not going to be playing time for him unless you relegate Deuce to the bench. And like, I think that that's a fair argument. You say, okay, relegate Deuce to the bench and just keep playing Grimes and then give up whatever else you need to get to, to get that playmaker. But the Deuce role is 10 minutes a game. So like how good of a player are you really getting? Like that's going to really impact you. That's going to fit into 10 minutes a game. Like, so that doesn't really work. And plus you just signed Deuce to the contract extension and he's been good, not as a backup point guard, but in his role. So from that perspective, it makes sense to 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 dangle Grimes for to get whatever you want to try to get. But what what are your thoughts? I know you've talked about this by the way this week on on uh, Cream. I think it's wild that we even have gotten to this point where, like, how is it that Quentin Grimes went from starter on this team well, to that's... now not even able to really eclipse more than twenty minutes per game? I mean, in his last ten games, he has played over twenty minutes. Twice. Yep. It just, and I understand the Wizards game didn't hit a shot, played poorly offensively, but it just feels like we shouldn't even be in this situation where we're talking about moving a third year player mid season. Like, it's one thing if you wanted to say, well, he's a really good young player who, or at least good young, whatever terminology you want to use, right? Like, very good defender. The offense doesn't do a whole lot, but he can hit open shots, which is super important. Hits corner threes, yep. which we know the Knicks love in general. But this is someone now who is struggling to see court time even in blowout wins. And sure. it if you wanted to move him, the best time, in my opinion, would be use him this summer. He's good matching salary to get you over the hump. He's There is value there. Work with it that way. But now, and I guess this is kind of like it's not like the Brunson and quickly situation with Grimes and Deuce because theoretically no, speaking, no, there's no, no there shouldn't be one impacting the other. And yet it seems like uh it doesn't even seem like one is impacting the other, but there is a bit of a glut. But there's always a bit of a glut. And it's fine because if you don't have that, then you also run the risk of very little depth and one player goes down and you're in trouble. So it's just frustrating that the Knicks are even in a position where they're trying to move Grimes, I will fully reevaluate this. Number one, if, and when there's a trade of Grimes and number two, depending on what any other moves might be, but in the heat of the moment, it's frustrating that we've gotten to this point. And I just wish that we could have had more going on where he didn't fall out of favor. However, he fell out of favor. I, I can, I can live with it only because I think for as much as there has been a lot of, attention paid to how much New York's internal uh, valuation of Quentin Grimes and appreciation for Quentin Grimes has decreased a lot over the last year and a half. I'm not sure if his valuation as a player around the league has taken like a massive hit. Like I don't, I don't, if they trade him for whatever they're going to probably wind up trading him for, I'm not sure that that return is going to represent some like 50 cents on the dollar compared to what they could have gotten 
you know, a year and a half ago. And I do say that it like very cognizant of the fact that there was a Donovan Mitchell deal out there that maybe could have gotten done if Quentin Grimes was included. I think that trade also would have included multiple future unprotected first round mm-hmm. picks. So it's, it's it, that you always have to throw that part in. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's an issue. It's a, feels like it's not quite a messy situation, but it's not an ideal situation to your point about what you were just talking about. But I, I don't know. I also get it. So um, speaking of players that might be targeting, uh, this is per Michael Scotto of Hoopsite. Uh, the Knicks aren't in a rush to push their chips all in for DeJounte Murray at this time. Uh, they are doing their due diligence and looking at various players across the league, including Hornets guard Terry Rozier, Blazers guard Malcolm Brogdon, and former, Do, former Tom Thibodeau favorite Alec Burks, sources said. I should also note that those same three names, I believe, um, were in addition, I think in addition to Clarkson, were mentioned by uh, Mark Stein this week. So those those names have been making the rounds. Um I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk this one back to you. What are, what are your thoughts on these guys? So let's start with Dejounte Murray. I truly wonder how much he's gonna go for. And I there's a part of me that even though the market is robust, I wonder if the team that acquires him gets him for moderately low, all things considered, uh, price point. And then it's not by the Knicks, and Knicks fans are then saying like, "Well, how the hell did we not?" get in on this if the price is that low. But we'll see what the return is there. Terror's year just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. He's having a fantastic season offensively, but the defense is just... its The reputation that I think he gets sometimes doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe it's, again, because of being drafted by Danny Ainge or being on that Boston team, but that's not his calling card. And when you look at come playoff time, what matters... Yes, you want to hit open shots, but you need to hold up defensively. And when you also look at the fact that Rozier's contract is an additional year after next year, and it's non-guaranteed, but it's really like a partial guarantee because it's 24 million or so of the 26 or so million yeah. is what's guaranteed. So you're if you want to continue a soup and you're essentially trying to commit to selling another team on, well, it's this year for the matching salary, but also it's the next year, which you you know, totally want to enjoy because why wouldn't you? And then Malcolm Brogdon, again, I certainly would be in favor of, but there are drawbacks and the injury risk is a concern. I'm curious if he costs more than what I had presented. I thought would be a fair trade, which would be the bucks first and Dante and Fournier. And thank you. But again, we'll, we'll see if that's the case. Alec Burks, again, I, I just, I'm not interested in a reunion. He, you can't continue to soup him very easily. You'd have to go the sign and trade route. He'll be 33 years old. It's a lot of money you'd have to commit for the math to work. It doesn't make sense to me why they would go about that. And the last thing with Clarkson talked about, yes, Clarkson is great for matching salary this year. The problem is his salary drops to $14 million next year. So you really can only effectively continue to soup him this season. And the issue with doing it this season, so essentially by this season, I mean before July 1st, because he's got that 23 yes. or so million dollar cap hold where cap hit where it's fine to use him. But the Knicks are also hard capped because of Dante DiVincenzo. So they've got to find a way if a star became available and they wanted to use Clarkson's salary to make it work without going above the hard cap. It also might mean they go above the tax. It probably would. 
And I think there's a way if you're the Knicks where you're like, well, how can we stay below the tax this year? And then next year we do everything we need to do to try to get a star. We're in the tax first apron, whatever we can manage that. But this year it's kind of like, well, we're up against the clock and we're in a difficult position. If we have Clarkson, because we have to get this done by June 30th. Whereas you look at any of the other players, well, not any, cause not Burks, but like, Murray or Brogdon or even Rozier or another player that we'll talk about. Like those guys, you can say, well, we could get it done before June 30th if the math works out, but also we can wait. There's no pressure. And just to clarify for anybody who may not like know the specifics of the rules, all that matters in terms of being in the tax is where you are as the new league year begins. So you could spend as an NBA team 364 days above the tax, make a trade on June 29th to get below the tax, and you are not a tax team as far as the NBA is concerned. But the flip side, which is what which is what Jeremy's talking about here, is you could spend the entire year under the tax, which the Knicks currently are. And if you make a deal the day before you know the new league year kicks in, you go above the tax. And if you're sitting there being like, who gives a shit? James Dolan is worth however many billions of dollars. It's not about that. It's about once you start that clock, then you're in line for repeater tax penalties and all kinds of bullshit that like there's there's all kinds of bad reasons you don't want to do that. So you you want to wait. To, to, if you've been responsible with your money, which the Knicks have, you don't want to blow it unnecessarily, which, again, this sort of scenario that you're unfolding would, would do. Um, I'll note that it, just as far as Clarkson is concerned, um, ba- uh, Ian Bagley reported uh, that Utah is going to want a lot, lot back for him, which there's a there's a real shocker. I don't think we need to say anything about that. <laughs> I, I like Clarkson. I like the idea of Clarkson on this team. I think he's a good player. I know he hasn't shot it well this year. Um I'm not sure I want to pay whatever the the price is going to be, but we could we don't I don't think we have to dwell on that too much. Um, and then we can go to the the last name, uh, Bruce Brown. So Bruce Brown. I know I should also note. I know it's not here, but Ian Bagley said after the game last night, like I forget what his exact words were, but it was something along the lines of like it's a name that keeps coming up, as a, as in like there's there's smoke there. Um, I think I think Woj mentioned. Was it Woj that mentioned the Lakers and the Knicks in Bruce Brown teams, or am I conflating Woj with Shams? One of them. Someone said it. Yeah. Someone of note was like Lakers, Knicks for for Brown. I'm sure they're not the only teams. Anyway, um, Bruce Brown was asked last night about the trade rumors, and he said, I'm Tom Thibodeau's type of player, which I think is a gift and a curse in this scenario because, like, yeah, the Knicks, there is there are reasons for them to want to get players that the head coach is going to want to play because like it's very clear that he he only plays guys who he's comfortable playing and if you get him enough of those guys it'll mean theoretically that he will not overextend the ones that are currently on the roster that's a good thing the less good thing is his fit i think on this team and i i always think generally we maybe over over analyze fit concerns to some extent, and like at the end of the day, like it, 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 getting good basketball players is the most important thing. And yet, man, I, I said it. I, I think I put it this way last night. Like, how how little spacing do you want on one roster? And Bruce Brown does a lot of great things. Uh, spacing the floor is not really one of them, as shown by last night. Like, he shot it a bunch, didn't make a whole lot. Like the Knicks let him shoot it. Like they were happy to pack the paint. It's I don't know if I love the fit there. I also struggle with it a little bit. 
you know, contractually speaking, perfect. No, Great yeah. no notes whatsoever. Like that is fantastic. That's exactly what you need if you're passing someone from another team onto your team short term and then trying to flip them for a star player. That's great. I agree with you. I think the fact that he's not quite a lead ball handler, he can break down some players every now and then, but that's just not his role where it's kind of fascinating. They would go this route. He's also CAA. A lot of the other players we mentioned are not. So if you wanted to say like, Hey, well, if we're basically rerouting someone four months from now, it's fine. It, it like you can do that. You get away without burning any bridges or harming any relationships that are already maybe a little uh, not in the best terms. But even still, I wouldn't say Brown is my first choice for someone to be here this season with this team. Do I think that it would be disastrous? No, I just I, no, I think it would. Really. I think it's fine because you get someone who you know they can work hard, you know they can do well in the playoffs, but the lack of the catch-and-shoot opportunities is tough. I think for all these players, there are going to be drawbacks at the end of the day. If you can get above a certain threshold of, you know, like if we're talking about Brogdon, Brown, and Murray, if you say, well, let's say that we're happy with any of those three, and it really just comes down to who costs the least. You're obviously getting different things. Like that pretty much rules Murray out because Murray will cost more. But then at least with Brogdon and Brown, you say, well, we could pros and cons with each of these. You can kind of live with one. We're not going to get that perfect player. And ideally, that player is seeing 24, 26 minutes per game as well. So it's a challenge because we want to focus on the short term and the Knicks don't want to shoot themselves in the foot this season. It's a really good team keep pushing it, see where it goes. But the Knicks have always worked backwards on the larger prize and fitting it in there. So you could argue either of these players raises the floor, but not the ceiling. So it, it doesn't really matter. It does, but it's not, if it doesn't truly impact the long term, And if you're okay, living with both of their shortcomings, wherever they may be in the short term, then you kind of just have to live with it. And um, I still would like someone who can run, point better than Bruce Brown. He can do that a little bit. He did it for Denver last year. I just, yeah, it's, I mean, this again, you're, you're signing yourself up for essentially it. Like for the vast majority of the, I, uh, here's the other thing. I don't know how you could stagger Hart and Brown. Like you're going to have overlap where both of those guys are on the floor at the same time with a non-shooting five. Um, and, I, I guess with Deuce, if Deuce stays in the, in the rotation, maybe not. Like, it, I, but either way, it's two perimeter players who teams don't respect on the floor at the same time. That's tough. There's another angle here, which is that the Knicks do, let's say, want Malcolm Brogdon, but they're getting some issues with price. And now I know Ian was saying, Ian Bagley was saying, hey, look, like there's not a whole lot of traction on the Brogdon front. Maybe. I, I also don't know if he's necessarily being led astray, whatever it might be, but like there's there's also some sort of smoke screening that could be involved in some capacity of, well, maybe we don't want Brown or maybe they absolutely do. And that's fine. I guess the one thing I'd point out with the point guard situation is there's a great quote years ago about Peyton Manning. And so this was uh, Ron Jaworski interviewed the offensive coordinator and said, John asked Tom, uh, Tom Moore. John asked Tom why he wasn't giving some snaps to Peyton's backup. Uh, Moore is a man of few words when he talks. Those words have weight. He looked us both in the eye 
paused for a moment, then said in that gravelly voice of his, fellas, if 18 goes down, we're fucked. And we don't practice fucked. And I think there's something to be said of how looking yeah. for that backup point guard, you obviously want someone to run the second unit. Yeah. And a big concern is if Jalen Brunson goes down. But if Brunson is hurt, you're fucked. They, like, it, they're fucked. It, that's just yeah. the way it goes. So yeah. you want someone to stop bleeding in spurts, but get the shortcomings well, for both. Yeah, um, I think that's. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna go back to a lot. We're gonna spend a lot of time on all this stuff in the coming weeks. We're not quite there yet, where it needs to be talked about much more than we just did. Let's give out some game balls. Uh, given to a player, coach, or entity that stood out this week and deserves special recognition. Your candidates: Jalen Brunson in three games this week. Jeez, 36.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, 8 assists on 54-46, 82 shooting splits, and the Knicks were 3-0 in games he played. Ananobi, 403 minutes with the Knicks. He's plus 40 per 100 possessions. That is uh, not a a misprint. Uh, That's via cleaning the glass. Somehow hasn't gotten a game ball uh, yet. I have a feeling that may change today. Isaiah Hardenstein, 44 rebounds in four games this week. He's plus 9.8 per 100 in nearly 1,100 minutes this season. That's insane. Uh, Josh Hart had a terrible performance on Monday, rebounded literally on Wednesday and Saturday with some very Josh Hart-esque performances um, that also made his absence on Wednesday, uh, or excuse me, versus the Wizards on Thursday felt very prominently. And then last, and certainly not least, Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, one final game ball nomination after an emotional night on Saturday. Jeremy, much to my chagrin, it is yet again your time to pick first. I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson. Because oh, shocker, that, right? I mean, that that was uh, he was everything to this team this week. He just incredible. The, the stats are insane. Thirty six, five and eight on fifty four, forty six, eighty two shooting is bananas. So a lot of great candidates here, but he is their engine. They go as far as he will take them, and when he plays like this, he takes them pretty far. So it's got to be Brunson. Um. One of the one of the two best guards in the East. There's no there's no conversation, uh, and certainly at this rate, on on track to appear on some MVP ballots uh, come uh, the end of the year. Um, I'll go with the Ananobi. Uh, you know he he's an interesting player. He's an interesting fit on the offensive end. Certainly, I I am curious to see how things develop with him and how they continue to try to figure out new and better ways to utilize him. And it like as great as it has been since he's arrived, it doesn't feel necessarily like the the impact is at the level that the numbers say it is. But at the same time, it's like you, you see him on defense and you're like, okay, he's a game changer on defense. Why Tibbs doesn't want to sit him. And then on offense, like the guy just keeps producing. Like the numbers on offense have been good, even if like the scoring volume may not be there. And he really does just click everything else into place. And I think it cannot go um, like you can't say it enough. He, he does not demand the ball ever. And I think that's a, weirdly a, a benefit um, given how this team is is put together. Maybe not so much when it's the backup units, but we'll we'll get to that later. So OJ and Obi gets my game ball. Uh, he's been awesome. Really happy as a Nick. And it was cool to see him perform well against his old team last night. Um, kind of lost in the shuffle. Uh, okay. Detention. Um, they lost this week, so we have to give it out. Given to a player, coach, or entity that deserves to sit down for a while and think about what they did wrong. Disclaimer, it's per Andrew Claudio. 
This is all mostly based on the one Orlando loss. Overall, positive week equals very few legitimate candidates. Um, our first candidate. This is unfortunate. Miles McBride. In 68 minutes this week, 35.7% from the field and 29.7% from deep. You figured there was regression coming, um, but that's still pretty stark. Okay. Knicks fans. Why are we putting Knicks fans in detention? Jesus, Andrew. Jalen Brunson is having an all-star, all-NBA, and borderline MVP season, and he ended at sixth. Sixth in the last all-star voting returns. I Come on. People are busy, Andrew. Uh, Jordan Poole, the unseriousness of Thursday night was the highest form of comedy. Yes. Cleveland Cavaliers, please go to detention so you stop winning games and we can jump to fourth already. That'd be nice. Angel Foodcake schedule. And finally, Tom Thibodeau. The minutes load. The Lions versus Orlando that had no chance to score. I don't know. Just fire his ass into the sun. Yes, that is me. Jonathan Macri saying it, not GMAC. Finally, I could say how I feel. The Knicks would be undefeated with a different coach. Fire Tom Thibodeau. Whoa. It took a long time for you to say that. Wait, there's one Whoa. other thing that's on there. What? I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, John, hold on. Jeremy, uh, this act he's been putting on, we finally get his true feelings. Crack the code. I Man, all it took was one emotional night seeing what RJ and IQ did, that's and it, it was like what we could have had. My my goodness! I'm glad you got that out, John. I'm sure that that felt good. You know? it, it was cathartic. Good. Uh, <laughs> I go first. I, I don't want to give it to any of these uh, candidates, but yeah, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna do a mean thing. I, I'm gonna give it to Deuce uh, just because the easily the most frustrating moment of the Toronto Raptors game, without question, was the end of the third quarter where I there was one inexcusable turnover which I thought was the most, and it, it looked like he just threw it to the wrong team. Um, complete carelessness in terms of executing like a basic entry pass. And then on the very next possession, as he's trying to take whoever he was trying to take off the dribble, like falls down and it goes off his leg. Like they're ne- like, I, again, I said it last night. I agree with Benji. He's come a long way as a shooter. I'm not worried about the shot. He's a hell of a defender, not a point guard. I think there is a gap between not a point guard and like, no, like you can't like like what what we're what we've seen a couple of, of times here with him there he needs to be better like at certain at a certain point in time it goes past like ah it's not really is that what he's good at it's not his role like deuce needs to be better deuce can be better i think deuce will be better but if i have to put someone in detention it's gonna be him i would have gone with deuce so i get it there you go. there's some regression there i will go with jordan Poole. I guess That's I don't, a good one. there's no there's no one I want to give detention to anyway because to me it's like they went three and zero, they almost won. One. I mean they didn't. No, I'm saying they went three and zero when the games on Brunson. Yes, and then the game that they lost, it was without Brunson, and that that did make me mad. I was that was like the most frustrated I've been with the season. But then you have these three games. It's like, well, again, if Brunson had been there, then probably a different story. But nevertheless, they lost that game. Yeah, I'll go with Jordan Poole because it just feels like when Draymond punched him, they both lost their powers. And I like, I don't know. Just the, the inability to register. We're down by what three and we need to get the ball back and let me go help out my teammates. Now it's a five on three instead of a five. on four. Uh, The diving was also great. I I thought he like slid all the way to Astoria on that one. It just, I I don't know how he thought he was going to get that. Just a wild, 
player. Very fun to enjoy when you're watching from the other side was, of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I will, I'll go with him for the shenanigans. Um, maybe the worst contract in the NBA it has to be in the conversation at this point. It's a good question. What is still the worst? Like, what the worst contract in the NBA is? Because right Simmons Simmons expires after next season. So, yes. Although got more years on pool, you do. But I would. But the thing is, the Wizards don't have anything to work with. I'd actually say that, given that they want to win, and they've actually won games without him. Zach Levine might be the worst contract in the NBA. Well, they I mean, they can't move him. Right. So I feel like if you can't move him and you're trying yeah. to win. That might be it. I think that's, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Wendy wasn't exactly subtle this week. What, what did he say? He's like the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers wanted Zach Levine. They could have him t- yesterday or whatever the hell yeah. he said. Uh, not great. Anyway, we don't have to talk about any of that. Um, predictions. Hey, presented by our good friends at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS. Don't forget prizepicks.com slash KFS. And use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. You've heard us talk about it enough. By now, I'm sure you know what that means. It means you could deposit any amount up to and including $100. And PrizePix will match that amount. They will deposit it right into your account for you to have some fun with. Um, Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Again, prizepix.com slash KFS. Code KFS. Uh, I'm really falling behind here. Um I had an opportunity two weeks ago and I, I chickened out and now I'm paying the price. You are seven and four. I am four and seven. The three games are at Brooklyn on Tuesday. So the Knicks get a couple of days off. Thank God. Uh, then um, I said at Brooklyn. Yes, they, they do need to go to another borough, but it's a home game uh, home for Denver. That's Thursday night. And then Saturday night on ABC. Home for the actually no sorry it's Saturday afternoon I misspoke Saturday afternoon ABC three p.m. that's a three p.m. start time versus the Miami Heat. Uh, Jeremy, I'm gonna put you in a tough spot. No, you're I'm not. Go- I'm I'm picking what whatever you don't. That's fair. I'm gonna go two and one. Okay, so I'm I'm going one and two. Um, I don't. Man, would I love to be wrong about it. Could you imagine my face next week if they go 3-0 and I would have had a chance to pick 3-0? Well, listen, there was one team last year that beat the Nuggets every single time they played, and that was the Knicks. And I don't want to overlook Brooklyn because, look, I mean, they're kind of a shell of themselves right now, but... They kicked the shit out of Lakers last night. Which doesn't say a whole lot to that either, but yes. but, But even still, yeah. I was surprised that they came back and won that game. And then the Heat... I mean, losing to the Hawks like that on Udonis Haslam night oh, where, yeah. you know, I, I think there's, yeah, it could be a trap game afternoon kind of action, but I feel confident with two and one. If the Hardenstein injury didn't happen last night, I think I would have gone three and with my pick, but because that injury happened and because as of now I have a, a little uncertainty against the Nets who like, I know the Knicks have blown them out occasionally in, like recently, but like that's, I don't know. I can never quite quit the Nets. I always think that they have it in them to have a good game, um, even though their team has, as you said, completely disintegrated uh, in front of our eyes. But like, I don't know. I mean, someone we probably should have included in Game Ball, even though it was really just like one quarter, was Precious Chua, 
mm-hmm. maybe should give me a little bit more confidence that, hey, even if Hardenstein doesn't play, but whatever. I'll stick with one and two. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you win and or they go three and up. Oh. That would be great. Um, what else? Oh, an announcement. We're going to end the show with this. This is a big deal. Um, so we've done watch parties before. Uh, we are stepping up our game, I think, with this one. So this is going to be in two weeks. Uh, this is uh, so for the Lakers Knicks game at uh, or on Saturday night, uh, February. I should know the third, third, third. Yeah, third. February is on the screen. I'm looking at it. I'm looking for the. Oh, it says it at the top. Oh, that's right. Okay. I didn't see the very top. Saturday night, February 3rd. Um, this is going to be a T squared social. So T squared social is. I'm pretty sure I could say this because it, it sure as hell seems like it to me. The biggest sports bar in New York City. The place is incredible. Me and Andrew visited. We were lucky enough to be able to visit it a few weeks ago. We walked in and we were blown away by this place. Um, it's right basically down the block from Grand Central, 7 East 42nd Street. And uh, they have a whole bunch of stuff. They have like duck pin bowling. They have like simulators and all kinds of stuff, uh, multiple bars, like the whole thing. And we have uh, basically our run of the place for this night. Again, Saturday, February 3rd for the Laker game. Things will kick off at 6.30 p.m. with a pregame party. And uh, the first 50 guests to get there for the pregame event will get a free beer courtesy of Bud and Bud Light. So come, come in, have a free beer and then do whatever you want. Free admission, no charge. Like we want basically all Knicks fans hearing this to come on down again to T-Squared Social on 42nd Street, right down the block from Grand Central. Hang out with us before the game. If you're going to the game. Come a little bit later for the game. It's an 8.30 tip-off. You could do that. We have a whole section in the middle of the bar. There's a bunch of TVs. They have League Pass, so there'll be other games on. Really, really excited about this event. Um, So we hope everybody joins us. Jeremy, anything else? I think that's all for this event. I mean, yeah, this should be pretty exciting. And I guess I'll say one thing. We're working on a potential opportunity to do a KFS game at MSG and uh, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's an available option and go from there, but stay tuned in that event. Yeah. Um, more news coming on that, but for right now, uh, yes, two weeks, we'll drop a bunch of reminders. So if you're listening in the car and you, you, whatever, you can't write it down, don't worry, but just uh, remember the date again, Saturday, February 3rd, uh, which I couldn't remember when I started reading this promo. Uh, and we hope to uh, see you there. That is it. Jeremy Cohen, superstar. Any last words from you before we get out of here? I'm just going to dance it out, you know? <laughs> it's a good dance. And a great song. Thank oh, you. here we go. I love it. It's yeah, just great. So, so special. Uh, thank you, uh, Jeremy. Thank you, GMAC, for uh, producing another outstanding episode. And uh, thank you, fans everywhere, for making Nick's Film School what it is, which is uh, your home for all things. New York Knicks will have all of the usual stuff coming up this week, pre-games, post-games, other interviews, and uh, the whole thing. The vibes are good. Enjoy them. Enjoy the start of your week, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.